morning. This is Sister Lisa coming to you from the Ill, the Edwin Elder Library. And today we are on page 100 of Punch the Bully, Dealing with Anxiety by Evie Drost. You know, um, yesterday we talked about how others, we talked about how to get our focus off of ourselves onto others. And maybe, you know, instead of just looking inward all the time, look outward and know you're not alone. You're not the only one that is going through some form of anxiety or went through some trauma in your life. You know, um, I listened to a sermon last night about how um, nothing that we go through, no pain or sorrow, sickness, anything compares to what Jesus went through for us. You know, um, him suffering on the cross. This is Holy Week or the week uh, leading up to Easter. And we put more of our focus upon what Jesus did for us on the cross. How, um, you know, he bore our sins. He he suffered greatness so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. It's not God's desire that we revel in self-pity and um, uh, have eyes on ourselves. But to focus on others and to point others to the cross and to be the hands and feet and mouthpiece of Jesus. And we've got to practice letting go of fear. Anxiety is the opposite of letting go. Anxiety is the mind's white-knuckled grip on a fearful thought that it just can't let go of. Letting go is an antidote for anxiety. However, herein lies the challenge because letting go of worry is the exact opposite of what causes anxiety. Anxiety arises out of a desire to control a future, unpleasant situation, and the thought of giving up that can feels terrifying because it initially feels the same as allowing that feared situation to have to the control. However, this is the faulty logic based on our emotions. You know, it's just like me and the loss of my husband. I know I think that was part of my anxiety at the first. I, I think I'm better now to some degree, but I was afraid of that. Um, I was afraid that if I didn't, um, I, you know, I was afraid that he would think if I know that he's dead and I know that he can't be concerned with the cares of this life because beyond the grave, you know, there is no more tears, no more sorrow, no more, no more suffering, no more pain. But I always think, well, he'll think I didn't appreciate all his hard work. He'll think that I'm just using, using him, all his hard work uh, over the years, his retirement and his things just, and just having a whole um, having a vacation or, you know, but I know, <laughs> you know, another, you know, um, those other thoughts about he would want you to be happy. He would want you to go on. He would, he would want you to, you know, things like that. It's like, but what does God want? What does God want? And when God started showing me that he answered Mark's prayers by taking him, Mark says, if God's not going to heal me, I'll be praying. He just go ahead and take me. God answered my husband's prayers, and God also, in a roundabout way, and God in a God way, answered my prayers because I know that I didn't want my husband to suffer. I didn't want my husband to be um, caught up in, you know, um, if he'd went to um, seek help, if he'd went to after he had a cardiac arrest, if they if they could have revived him. There's possible that he could have been in a coma or had all kinds of, you know, other issues. Um, 
that I may have not been prepared to help with, you know, or we may have lost everything, in other words. But God, only God knows. We could speculate all day. Now, that also adds to anxiety, speculation. So what we have to do is just turn it over to Jesus and smile the rest of the day. That song, turn it over to Jesus. Turn it over to Jesus. And you could smile the rest of the day knowing that he's got this. God's got it all in control and he has a perfect, perfect, perfect plan. If my husband wouldn't have passed, I wouldn't probably be listening to some of his sermons that he he recorded in the 90s. We were youth leaders. He, he um, We probably don't have all of his sermons, copies of them, but we have a lot of them. And I've been getting the tapes out and listening to some of them and um, making little video um, reels, I guess, on Facebook of some of them. Some of them humorous and some of them quite serious. Make you think. But um, some of his icebreakers the funny things they made for good little reels and, and I'm like man we should have got these out and listened to why he's alive but you don't usually do that it's when a person dies that you really get to look back at the person who they, they were and um, it's like a it's just like a um, it's like C.S. Lewis you know we give him a lot of credit for a lot of the quotes and stuff that he said and um we pick, pick and choose here and there. The Bible, we pick and choose verses here and there and apply them to our day-to-day life. And that's kind of what I do with my husband's tapes. <laughs> you pick and choose. Oh, I need to share this part. Oh, I need to, you know, this is this is something somebody might get something out of. This might be a wake-up call for somebody. This might be a chuckle for somebody. You know, different things. And I'm going to write his book, you know. Um, I've been working on it. And I guess what's held me back is because I want God to to help me. I, I'm, I'm giving the Lord chance and day-to-day life chance to help me to just dwell in the memories and write down some of the things. Um, and then over a period of time, I don't know when, you know, um, actually sit down and put it together, write the book. But um, and there's a beautiful cardinal outside my window. It's so beautiful still dark outside but they were trying to come into my light um, so I can't take a picture it wouldn't turn out I tried before and it didn't turn out to do that but anyway this um, page 101 of the book Savannah is plagued with anxiety about losing her job she just knows that they are about to lay her off she loses sleep worrying if the next day will be the day that she finally gets the pink slip she is hyper vigilant at work to anything that might indicate that she is about to lose her job she takes her boss's unbiased correction as a sure sign that she's the next one to go. She overhears her co-workers talking about some company changes, and Savannah runs over anxiously to see if they know something about potential layoffs that she does not know. She lives miserably in the grip of this fear. She likes her job and it pays well, but she has already started applying for other jobs as an attempt to relieve herself of this anxiety. The anxiety would probably continue at her new place of work but she didn't think about that. She just can't shake the anxiety that constantly torments her about losing her job. Savannah began to read some literature about dealing with anxiety, and she decided that she was going to practice letting go of her fearful thought. This idea seemed strange and impossible at first, but she forged forward into this new territory. That night, as she lay in bed, she started to worry about her job situation. She felt her stomach tighten, and her thoughts began to race. She knew that this was the beginning of a few hours of lost sleep. Savannah asked herself, what am I really afraid of? This question allowed her to see deeper into the cause of her anxiety. She realized that she was afraid of not having enough money to pay her bills 
and the shame she would feel if she was not worthy enough to stay at her job. These realizations brought tears to Savannah's eyes. For the first time, she saw what she was really afraid of. I think everyone is sort of afraid of these things. They have people lose their jobs all the time and find a way to pick up and go on. This thought helped her because she did not feel so alone in her fear anymore. Then Savannah started to think of stories she had heard of people who had lost their livelihoods, but used that experience to find better jobs or to start a business they really cared about. These positive thoughts started to give Savannah some distance from her fears and she asked herself this question can I let go of these fears can I trust that if I do get laid off that I will be okay yes she decided I'm willing to let go of these fears I will choose to look at the positive possibilities instead of the negative this took a lot of practice she had to discipline her mind to let go of the fearful thought and embrace the positive ones it slowly became easier and easier until she was no longer dominated by her fear 1 Peter 5 and 7 says, Casting all your care upon him, for he cared for you. There have been times that I could not find the ability in myself to let go of anxious thoughts. I was unable to dismiss them and turn to better thoughts. I was not at an emotional place where I had the trust to let go. So I would take my anxious thought and envision myself lifting up to Jesus and say, I am entrusting this thought to you. I'm going to trust you with it. Then I would picture him taking the thought to his loving arms. Sometimes I would repeat this over and over until I felt peace. As believers, we will find it easier and easier to let go of our fears as we come to know God's favorable stance towards us, and we learn that he is trustworthy. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of a sound mind. He knows what plans he has for you, plans to prosper. He has plans for you to be have peace and love and joy so turn it over to Jesus whatever you have today and you really can smile practice letting go practice putting your trust in him only trust him only trust him well God bless you this is Lisa Peter your host of the Edwin Elder Library and this podcast I hope it touches you in some way Uh, if it does Share it to your friends. um, Encourage others in the Lord. However, we can encourage one another. Let's go with God. He is the way, the truth, and the life. You have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.